Welcome to episode 873 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Rightio, team, welcome along to episode 873 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Oz. How you going, mate? I'm pretty good. How are yourself? I'm pretty bad good too, actually. Mm-hmm. I'm a bit sore. Yeah. Because I've, I've got I got an injection in my knee last week, so I'm I'm not I'm trying to I got it done about two months ago and I rushed mm-hmm. a bit keen, John. I rushed mm-hmm. back. This time I'm not doing any teaching this week and I'll probably take it light for a couple of weeks after that. So I'm just doing weights. Mm-hmm. Doing weights and kind of circuits with weights. New muscles you haven't used for a while. Oh, oh my. And I do strength work at the gym. Like I teach mm-hmm. classes, but oh my God, Jim. John, I'll tell you. I have uh, pecs like nobody's business. Hey, it looks like I've got implants. <laughs> you know, Iron Talk is proudly brought to you by our fantastic patrons. We've got Thomas is going long. Paul Darth Plagius Yoda. I'm going to get you to do this one. Magic Big Miss Zikant. Magic, that's a blimmin' good name. Uh, and this week's show, we've got news. We're going to be talking a lot about the PTO European Open. We've got a Hot Topic of the Week. We've got Pro of the Week. Coach's Corner. Uh, I'm just going to talk about a session that I did over the weekend and something you guys can maybe in- integrate into your uh, build-up, especially if you haven't got any races when you do a build-up. Uh, word on the street, and this was literally told to me on the street. You yeah. smashed it. Yes, did. Yep, it yeah. was very good. Yep, so good old Murray Lapworth out so Lululemon. Yeah. Murray Lapworth sharps it up. He's, he looks sharp, isn't he? You've got to check the socks on Murray. He always has fancy oh, socks. Oh, we did on. a really cool jacket. Yeah. He was just, he was just, he's obviously a pretty classy character. Right. You know, me being a scruff, I was like, that yeah. guy's classy. Uh, Statistic, actually, is a good one. Well, no, it's an aborted statistic. Oh, I start, no, we'll, we'll do it. But I started it, and I think, I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to do a bit of research here. I'm going to go. And then after five minutes, I was like, Give up. This is this is not even a close argument. Uh, it's comparing. So you, are you going to be telling me that I was right? Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I did my head in last night. Uh, it's com- sort of comparing the world long distance champs to seventy point three champs in strength of field. Uh, last so week, don't Tom go too they were deep. Pretty even, and I yeah. said, "There's no way." And I think we'll find out. Uh, Winger of the week questions and answers at the end. So, obviously, last weekend we had two massive events in the world. We had the coronation of the king, which John watched every minute, begrudgingly. <laughs> But very big What happened? Uh, I was just out for dinner, and 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 you got to go with the flow. Yeah, others wanted to watch it. What time did you finish up? Because it went forever. Oh, eleven thirty. Yeah, I was I was out of my feet because I had done a half Ironman that morning, and a drunk too much wine, and I was like, very. <laughs> I was not driving. Put it that way. So I, what happened with me was Joe. I knew Joe wanted to watch it. Joe's. Oh. I could have told you that about 10 years ago. <laughs> she wanted to watch it. So so we kind of sit down. The league was on. So I basically put the laptop on. She goes, do you want to watch Corona? I said, oh, babe, I'll just watch the sport. So mm. I had my laptop on. I had a middle out of game and league on one, one side of my browser and then the triathlon on the other. And I was kind of switching in between. Uh, but I did end up watching it. Uh, it's a win-win when you've got somebody watching something else and you're really happy. And she kept saying to me, do you not want to watch Corona? I was like, babe, I'm happy. You know? yeah. I'm, I, and I was kind of keeping a slight eye on the king. But... Um, Overall, well, well, let's talk about the race. So first up, the thing that I want to point out, and I don't think I've ever seen this in a triathlon before, pro triathlon, boys race, 100% finish rate. Only 26 <laughs> tw- athletes. But. 26 athletes, but there's 26 finishes in 26 paydays. Because, so uh, how did, how did, did obviously everyone got a payday. But yeah, what was the minimal? Uh, I think it was about two, two and a half thousand. Okay, so you got, your, you got your fees to get there? Yeah. Uh, on the female side, 
there was four DNFs there. Now, admittedly, two of those are Kona champions, Daniela Reef and Chelsea oh. Sodaro. And so they uh, maybe getting so a couple of grand is not that big a deal for them. Not quite sure. Uh, one, of the, one of those four actually, I don't think the other two just pulled out. Uh, Daniela Blaymeyer and Sif Bendix Madsen. Okay, so, so let's, let's break down the men's race first. So we'll talk result and then we'll talk race. Max Newman. Weapon. What a run. Yeah, what an all-round race. Yeah. When you dig a bit deeper, it possibly shouldn't be as big a surprise as what it is. Got fourth now, in Kona. He got fourth in Kona. And when you look at his um, resume, so Max Newman's an Australian, and obviously we've been through the COVID period, so you kind of got locked down. So he had that couple of years where, you know, you're not, uh, wasn't really traveling. But when you look at his pedigree over the last few years, the, a majority of his races have been wins. So yep. when we look at last season, uh, he won Western Australia, he won Sunshine Coast 70.3, won Ironman Cairns, had a shitty race at Collins Cup, fourth in Hawaii, and only eighth in the PTO um, Canadian Open. Yep. Um, the year before that, that was obviously COVID period. He, he won a couple of races in Australia, Cairns and Shepparton. Um, the year before that was full-on COVID, still won Ironman Cairns, and I think that one he might have beaten... Braden Curry from memory. No, but Tim, Tim Van Berkel. Uh, and prior to that, then he was still sort of in his building year. So he has been amazingly consistent. Hasn't really pulled it together in in Europe. and Or hasn't done much racing in Europe. And just hasn't done that many races. So, so as you're watching... Okay, wait. So he takes it out. And just a great all-round performance, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Because he was in the front pack of the bike. He was. So most of you guys will have watched it, so we probably don't need to sort of go blow by blow what actually happened. But yeah, small break on the... Well, no, firstly, it was great the swim broke up. I was sort of thinking, oh, you probably have quite a big pack. Um, and yeah, it was nice little groups coming out of the swim. I, like, I did like I did like the getting out of the water. Yeah, that's it, great. It, it gives you an idea of what's happening in the packs. Mm. And it just makes it a bit more interesting. Because mm. the swim is a bit of a boring watch. Yeah. And I still can't figure out why can't they give them coloured caps? They do have a bit of that going yeah, on. Yeah, there's a couple, but why, yeah. why can't they? The commentators didn't have a clue what was going on. Yeah. They needed um, a bit like the Kona coverage, they needed some spotters in the water. Yeah. You know, they needed a boat on the water, just make it a bit more interactive for the spectators. Because if you could have had a side screen going, you know, based on colours, here's what we're seeing. Mm. And you might get the top 15 swimmers because you can't have too many colours, but mm. you know you know who's going to be at the front of the pack and who's probably going to be at the back. Yeah. And you could have had the top 10 colours, for example. So swim was on the boys' side, was great. Um, Magnus Ditlev obviously dragged all, you know, dragged a few up to that front group. Um, I actually didn't watch a great deal of the bike because I sort of started watching. I was watching it the next morning and watched the start of the bike, and I thought that front group, oh, they're going to stay away, and there, there's your race. Maybe Ditlev will drag people up, fast forward a bit, and then like bloody Fredino's a minute off the pace. Yeah. I'm like, whoa, what's going on here? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I thought the bike was interesting, and then the going on to the run. What, so, what so did you think is going to happen on the start of the run? I wanted Brownlee to do well. <laughs> yeah. I, I, oh, I still got six. It's still good. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I, I kind of didn't think he'd have the, the, the ability to hold on. Mm. And he raced a bit stupid. Let's be honest. He went a bit crazy. Yeah, yeah. You know, but that's Brownlee's style. But maybe in a time when you're coming out of your top, you know, you haven't got your top in fitness, you might be a bit more conservative. Yeah. And I wanted Kyle to do well as well. It was quite cool to see Kyle at the front. Kyle Smith, Kiwi. Yeah. He was one of my picks. So I had him for fifth. So I was like, that's a bit of a gamble, yep. putting him in fifth of my picks. But I was like, whoa. I did. Th I knew he was going to do it. But a Kyle's well. a go or blow kind of guy, yeah. isn't he? He was always going to fade. But again, still finished ninth. That's a quality finish. But so, so coming off the run, you, you, you're hoping Brownlee's going to... Like, it was awesome to see Brownlee at the book front of the race. Mm. Um, and you're hoping, but it became pretty clear pretty quickly that he wasn't going to hold on. 
What were you thinking at that stage? Uh, I was thinking Blumenfeld would probably do it. I was thinking Magnus Ditlev, if he really, if, you know, straight off the bike, I was thinking, oh, Ditlev could do this. Uh, and then I was thinking Blumenfeld's only, a, you know, what it was, a minute and a half. It's a pretty good chance if he runs well. Um, and I didn't think, I think thought Fredino would do, you know, fractionally better than what he did. I thought, uh, yeah, coming off the bike, I was thinking probably Blumenfeld, Fredino, and then maybe Ditlev. Um, it's hard to really know at the moment, isn't it? Because like Blumenfeld was quite quick to, to identify that he wasn't race fit. <laughs> he always does that. Oh, really? We'll talk about that a bit later. Okay, okay. But anyway, Max... But, but m- most of them aren't going to be peak right now, are they? Yeah, and that's where Max Newman's got an advantage coming yeah. out of summer. But um, yeah, it was... Best thing was... It was compelling racing. You did not want to step away on the uh, when they were on the run. Yeah. Um, and we'll go through some of the disadvantages because there was a few things they could have did, done do, Did you ever think Blumenfeld... When did you know Blumenfeld wasn't going to make it? Oh, no. I, I, I kind of was thinking halfway through, mm, it's not making up much ground. But when they made that final turn... Uh, and he only had, it looked like 15 seconds or so, I thought, geez, those guys, when he turns it up, yep. they can really turn it up, and if Newman had faded at all, it would have got very close. So no, I was, I was thinking Newman had it, but it was could, I thought it was going to be closer than what it was. What do we read into Jan's performance? Really good. Yeah, because he said he didn't feel great, didn't have any top end on the bike, um, but still, no, I read... I, I think that's a really, really good sign for, for Ironman. Yeah, I think this distance here is going to be a little bit of a struggle. But hey, he's not that far off the pace. You know? um, so Any I surprises think, in the men? Uh, let's see, surprises in the top 10. Mm, no, not really. You, know, uh, you think pretty much everyone performed. You know, your big Cooners, you know, Brownlee, yeah, good race. Fredino, good race. Blumenfeld, good race. So Max Newman's obviously a big surprise. In terms of winning, but now when you scroll down the list, who had a really bad race? Leon Chevalier was out the back door out of the swim, and he's been really consistent at Cam the long Worth distance. Can have a great race. Uh, yeah, but he does a bit of everything. and probably yeah. more focused on his cycling now. But you know, you're thinking he didn't ride bike that fast. No, no. You know, he was only 153, whereas you look at the top guys, they're under 150. Yeah. So no, boys' race was brilliant. We'll go into a bit more detail um, in terms of feedback afterwards. Females' race, I didn't watch a huge amount. Now I'm wondering. It was kind of, kind of obvious once they got off the bike. Well, I got, kind of thought off the bike. Oh, Ashley Gentle's going to smash this and obliterate them all. And then I was watching the transition, and then I saw Anne Howe coming. I thought, oh, hang yeah, on a minute, yeah, yeah. <laughs> righty ho, this could be a, could be a head to head race. Um, and Ashley Gentle was not uh, was not on her top game. So for her to get second when she's not on her top game, and why not? It's just a bad day. Just no, just a bit sick. You oh, can see okay. it after the race when she was okay. doing her interview. She was a bit blocked up. Um, so that just shows how good she is. Because I didn't, I don't know. You just forget how um, how so far ahead of the field Lucy Charles is in the swim. Mm. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it is. Like, could it, what level of swimmer could have she been? Oh, she was she was national level, and I think really close to making the Olympics for the long distance. But okay. I think okay. yeah, people can tell me if I'm because wrong. Because she's right? like, an, how long's the swim? Eighteen two k something like 2K? that. Two k. Yeah, she was miles ahead. Yeah, no, she's quite. And she goes for it though. That's the other thing. Yeah. Is she's she's she doesn't save herself. Hard. Yeah, no, she's an like she would come out um, in the front group with the boys yeah easily yeah uh, not with the probably not with the top top guys off the front but she would come out with the front front guys yep uh so the other thing we've got to point out and this was pointed out in the coverage Anne Haug's run 102.55 <laughs> is just mental she yep. outran I think they said half the males field you know yeah Max Newman only 58 it was 58 high well, basically 59 minutes uh she's only 
three minutes slower she than that. She relaxed through, doesn't she? She ran quicker than that. Brownlee didn't explode. He definitely obviously faded. Yeah. She was only 30 seconds slower than Brownlee. She ran quicker than Kyle Smith, who got ninth. She basically ran qu- quicker than Aaron Royal, who got 10th, and basically outran, if you're not in the top 10, the boys. Um, there's a few exceptions, David McNamee, but she ran basically the same as the majority of the guys and quicker than a lot of them. Which and dominant against other females. Like she was two minutes ahead of the next best female, but generally speaking, three to four or five minutes ahead of the rest of the field and the females. Yeah. Unbelievable. So, and she said, you know, she's had her COVID struggles um, and she's sort of found her way back. So I think that's a very dangerous statement for uh, all the females um, especially at long course because she's probably someone who will excel in Nice oh, no, they're not racing in Nice no, no, no. <laughs> uh, but anyway I think she'll uh, she's going to be a real favourite for Kona and if we go back to the argument that all the Europeans weren't that fit coming into this race or weren't peak fitness at least hmm. um there's you know more potential in front of her if, if that's the case. Yeah, no, but she's uh, she is on fire. She had a great race a couple of weeks ago as well. Ashley Gentle did awesomely. Lucy Charles. Lucy Charles just had to, the problem with her great swimmer. She has to do too much work at the front because mm. she but, was solo for a long time on that bike ride. But she that's the same every race she does. And but the good thing was with Race Ranger, it, it sounded like they were sort of using oh, Race Ranger. It, they? they had it there, but I'm not sure if they were you, you, they weren't using it to police. I don't think okay, just it was almost it. like it was athlete policed okay. because your lights would ignite oh, up okay, so, just and so you. you'd know if you're drafting and your lights be flashing I think to tell other people that you're drafting um, I have a theory on this but I don't know they, I don't think they were using it to police it do you think the drivers would be safer if on your license plate it was clearly showing how fast you were going so people outside of your car actually saw your speed alright you know what I mean yeah I have a theory on that because it's this kind of social stigma yeah you know and like that's what race range that's kind of, you, know, yeah. you know that's what kind of what happened there is that with Race Ranger, if you were in the zone, if, I don't know if it beeps or not, but you know, people. But lights flash. Yeah, yeah, so people could see this person's mm. not in the zone. So you can bypass them and go, you cheating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, that, that's that's my impression of how it worked, which is, but it certainly did not look like there was any drafting to me out there. Uh, you could see the pace lines, but you know, they would have been. They would have been legit. So, yeah, female side, any disappointments there? Um, I think a lot of people probably oh, picked... Oh, Daniela? T- yeah, t- Daniela Reef. She was one of my picks in Chelsea Sodaro, so two DNFs. Um, Do we know what happened? Uh, I think Daniela Reef said she had a stomach upset. Okay, uh, the bike wasn't strong. Yeah, haven't seen anything from Chelsea Sodaro. Um I think a few, quite a few people probably had Tamara Jewett um, to win because she smashed it at Oceanside, uh, and so her swim is still a bit hit or miss. Um, and well, the interesting thing is her swim wasn't that far off. Yeah, she's the 20th out of the swim, though. Yeah, uh, but, but her bike was... Yeah. yeah, but, yeah, but again, okay, yeah, she might So have been. I think a lot of people, but still, she got sixth, and she had the second fastest run of the day, um, so ran herself back into contention. Um, Holly Lawrence was probably pretty disappointing down in 10th, um, anybody else that didn't really, yeah, I think the rest was probably more or less what you'd sort of expect. 22 finishes, 26 starters, uh, good racing. You know, you got you can't ask for too much more. It's just a shame that we didn't have any head-to-heads both on the males and female side. Yeah, it would have been rowing. nice if Bloomfield just got a little bit closer, mm. you know, because it kind of like when it was getting a bit exciting, then you started to look at the time. It's like, oh, he's going to run out. Or There's if, not enough cap on the ground, if you know what I mean. If Anne Haug and Ashley Gentle had gone head-to-head you yeah. know, uh, on the run and it would come down to just the end. But, hey, you can't control those And it would things. have nice to have been seen Fredino last with Blumenfeld for a bit. Mm. You know, Blumenfeld's a better, better runner, obviously. Because mm. um, Fredino was looking good. 
Huh, I think he, yeah, I just think first race back, first start of the season. Yeah. I think he, he, he seemed pretty satisfied, and especially when you're feeling pretty rubbish. If, you'd, if he'd gone, oh, I, was, I was awesome, I felt really good today, and then you're getting a bit smoked, then you'd be worried, but he's going, yeah, I didn't feel great all day. Uh, well, he said he had a good swim, so great. In terms of my picks, I in my um, obstry.com, I think I finished uh, 274th out of around about 1,300. I had Christian Blumenfeld first, Jan, Jan Frenino second, Magnus Ditlev third, Jason West fourth, and Kyle Smith fifth. So I got four of the top five, I think, on the boys' side. Uh, on the females, I had Daniela Reef, Anne Haug, Ashley Gentle, Lucy Charles Barclay and Paula Finlay so again did reasonably well except for Daniela Reef. and I think a lot of people had very similar picks but the key, the key to this competition in the fantasy is if you've got to get the person in the right place so like I had Ashley Gentle in third and she got second so I got 90 points but if you picked her for second you would have got 180 points I think mm. so uh, I had Daniel Beckengard first out of the swim, which didn't work. Cameron Worth fastest on the bike, didn't work. Jason West, fastest on the run, got that one. If anybody didn't have Lucy Charles Downs, the fastest swimmer, you're a noggin. <laughs> you're a um, I had Paula Finlay, fastest bike ride, but she didn't do that. And I had Tamara Jewett, fastest run. Who was the fastest female bike ride? Mm. Mm. I don't have it in front of me anymore. Uh, Anne Reichman, she rode at 2.05.40. So let's look at the good points and the bad points or areas to work on. Um, I, and you've got, no, we'll go one by one. The amazing field, I think, you know, years gone past, and we've seen this more and more recently, but we used to always talk about how it sucked that in our sport we don't see the big guns race against each other, mm. especially in long course. And, you know, we used to, back in the day, we used to get 70.3 world champs, Ironman, Kona, and maybe Germany. Even then, Germany, not really. You yeah. get a handful. So yeah. you really got two times a year, you, you mm. know, you'd see a real stellar field. And there'd be other races which were kind of like 80% of, or strong fields, but not rock stars. Mate, this is what we want. Yep, we're going to get three three or four of these a year. You know, you have Kona, European Open, US Open, Singapore Open. Some of those might be weaker fields and people start picking and choosing. Collins it's Cup. still going to be pretty awesome. And Collins Cup. So. Collins Cup's a bit different, but if they keep the same format. Mm. It's, not, but it's no. not like this type of race. Amazing field. You couldn't have asked much more. A few people weren't there, but... You're never going to get no, 100%. That's, that's as good as you're ever going to get. Yeah. yeah. The hype was um, amazing. Like uh, on social media and stuff, it was like there was nothing else that I could see on social media yeah. all week. So I don't think you could have asked too much more of in terms of the hype. I think they did a really good job on that. They did. Uh, yeah, they did that. Uh, smaller field size was really good. You know, like it was, it was, and even I know you're going to say lapping out, get rid of them. Yeah. It, it didn't bother me at all. It didn't, yeah, and I think that's because it seemed to be a smaller field. Yeah. It didn't seem to be such an issue. Was it on the boys? Was that guy who was between? But um, you knew. Yeah, you did. You know, like yeah. that, you know, I don't, I don't. Actually, I think your lap out rule so fields this size is pointless. Mm. And actually, it takes something away. If they made the courses just a little bit longer, the laps, I think it would probably solve. But at it. no but, stage was I confused about who's mm. who. We're in the race, mm. so so small fields actually really well. Coverage was good. There's definitely areas that they can work on. Um, one thing that I like, my son is a good barometer for people that don't watch that much triathlon, even though he's fully into it. He watched the highlights and it was like nine minutes long. He said, oh, that was really good. Way more interesting than ITU stuff because it didn't just come down to the run. Okay. Uh, and so having that sort of nine to 10 minute package, I thought was really good. If it had been yeah, if it's a couple of minutes, yeah, I suppose you're going to get those on the periphery, but then you probably won't get such a great feel for the race. So I thought they did that, and they did it promptly uh, in terms of getting that out. So I think the coverage was good, and um, we'll go into things they could maybe do better in a moment, but in general, pretty good. 
Uh, combination with other events meant crowds were bigger than we've seen previously. They definitely were. Got to say, some some of the management of the crowds wasn't that good. Did you see when Brownlee's about to take yeah. out? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. It happened a couple of times, you know? Uh, yeah, you can understand why. It's a tourist hotspot, and it's, it's obviously the race was on during checkout time of place because, yeah. you know, I think it started at 8.15 local time. Okay. And so by the time they're on the run, it's probably 10, 10.30. That's when you're checking out of your hotels because you saw people wandering around with suitcases. Yeah. Tuck it across. Be, they'll be like, how the hell do I get to the bloody airport? I'm going to miss my plane. Uh, they did have the, all those areas taped off. Yeah. Uh, and humans are idiots. Like idiots. So the crowds were, were good. It'd still be great. It was they were chocker. It was no. just a good little stream of crowds. But it's better than, what was it, Canada last Canada year? Canada, yeah. It was, and US, which certainly better. Um, would have been better for me if they'd done it later in the day uh, when the age groups had all raced. I think they actually raced the next day. But if they did it as like a twilight race. But is it a TV thing? Because uh, surely, surely they're doing it based on TV. Oh, no, I think they kind of had to fit in with the, the event, You know, this whole multi-sport week okay. that was over there. But if you had a twilight race, you know, all those streets that were quite deserted, there probably would have been bars and stuff around there. Yeah. Uh, I think a twilight race would be awesome. Mm. Uh, okay, let's look at the work-ons. One of the biggest issues for John was what? Uh, well, this wasn't really a big issue for me, and I'm wondering if it was a big issue that people were bitching about, was you know when the men's run was on, they were just showing the men's run, and yep. rightly so, because it was pretty exciting. And the, but there was just about no coverage of the women's bike ride, yeah. and I was like, well, I wonder what's happening on the women's bike ride. Uh, but the the, bike, the cycling's not that interesting, so they made the right director's call. But I think they probably could have done a bit better in terms of having a few more updates. Or even I think what they should have done, because I do agree, because even when they were doing the women's race, when they were showing a bit more in the cycle, when the men's race running was happening, I was kind of like, oh, I just want to see what's happening in the men's race, because I knew, mm. you know, the most exciting thing in, in, the, in the overall race right now was what was happening in the men's. I think what they should have done is they had a little ticker screen down in the bottom, like mm. you do on the TV channels, which mm -hmm. just scrolls across. Mm. If they go to the women's race, here's what's happening in the men's. Mm. If they go to the, you know, and it could just have splits. And when they did the split screen... Um, maybe what they could have done is the smaller one would have been where you have all the results coming through. Yeah. Um, there, there just could have been a little bit more information when you weren't watching one of the races, mm. you know, and a little ticker screen down the bottom, just kind of sliding across saying the top 10 at any one time in the other race. And as soon as you switch over, that transitions to the other six as well. Now, what you could have done is you could have gone to the website or the app or whatever. Yeah, but, but even, I tried to do it because I was watching, admittedly I was watching it on my PC or my laptop. And then, so I tried to do it on my phone. It was just real cumbersome. It right. It wasn't yeah. actually that easy, so I kind of gave up on that. Yeah. But, and let's be honest, if we are saying Joe Public, who's watching on Sky TV, hmm. you know, they're not going to get some app out. Yeah. And, and they didn't actually promote the app. Hmm. It wasn't like they said, go to the app if you want to see what's happening. Hmm. You know, so. Uh, the men's, in the men's race, uh, and a lot of you might have shared my frustration here, that they didn't really have the distance to go. They did do it for the, the females. The men's race they did. Oh, did they? Yeah, just but late in the right. race. I'm sure they were aware of the problem because I was like, how long has this dude got to hang on for? Yeah, you know, yeah. I felt like they'd been running for ages. I was like, he must be nearly finishing. And even on the bike, they should have had, that, like, that just should be there all day, shouldn't it? Mm. And you they know? did do it for the women's race, so you knew what was going on. In Maybe the there run. was a technical problem mm. because, yeah, it was because it was like, especially if you're coming and going, if you're mm. a spectator who kind of goes, you know, does it for half an hour, comes back, especially in a long course, you do that. To think, well, how much longer have they got on the bike can be mm. a bit frustrating. Uh, swapping out the commentary team, I thought they were good, but maybe lacking a little bit of excitement. Yeah, so Helen Jenkins is just a lovely, seems yeah. like just a lovely, nice person. She's knowledgeable. She has been top of the sport for a long time. Yeah. So she knows it. She knows the athletes. Knows uh, the game. But you just, it just needed a bit more of a zing, yeah. zing to it. And, um, the, and the guy with her as well, which seemed nice as well. Just, it was just a bit cash. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 
maybe, maybe just a little a bit more A couple of hype. times he should have got he, she Helen Jenkins was probably too nice to pull him up when he said the boys are running they're running at four minute case. Yeah. I was running a four minute case morning, they are not running a four minute case. They were doing like three minute case, weren't they? Very close. The top guys, I mean if you run fifty seven, that would it's not quite three minute case. There would have been some three yeah. minute K's in there. It was probably just over, I think. Pretty impressive uh, stuff. So yeah, commentary team was good but could have been better. One thing I would like to see a bit more of is, as we said earlier, on the ground stuff. So like a somebody out in the boat who can maybe, uh, an athlete like they usually have Lieto or something like that, uh, who can pick out some of the athletes and say, that's that do, that's that do. Um, and likewise, on the either the bike or the run, actually telling you what conditions are like out there. You know, there's a gusty wind here and we're seeing them attack at this point and stuff. Now, now when, when we're thinking of the, the audiences, us, and trying to get Joe Public into it, did they do a very good job of educating triathlon? Uh, you know, let's say you're a mate of yours who's just kind of walked down and starts watching mm. a race. I always think that as a commentator, you know, you've got a few things. A, hype the race. B, you know, share a depth of knowledge in the sport, but also mm. share the basics of the sport. Mm. Did they do a very good job of that? Uh, at times, I think. Yep. Could have been better. But it's such a fine balance because you don't yeah. want to be pissing off your audience telling them, you know. Well, really like when I do stuff. commentary, I always I always play the dumb guy. So I always mm. ask I always ask the questions which I know the answer to, but I just mm. ask them to the guy who's more the expert. Mm. So that for those people who are maybe spectators at the mm. race, they can learn stuff. I just think there mm. always needs to be a bit of that as well. Um, I'd like to see more lead cyclists out there with the top athletes in really different coloured vests so you can actually see where, where they are a little bit on the course. So like first place we'll have a lead cyclist oh, wearing okay. a pink top, second place on the run, you a, yellow, a yellow yeah, yeah. top, so on and so on. Uh, and also that on the ground, that would help a lot when they're going, doing all those laps because I know what you were saying that Watching it on TV, it was reasonably clear who was yeah. who was where. But if you're on the ground, once they've done a few laps, uh, pretty hard to see. So that's one one little. Did they not have a lead cyclist? Uh, they may have had a lead. I don't didn't have anybody else. So you mean like top three kind of cyclists? Yeah, top three, top five. Okay. Uh, Lap athletes are out. No, I, I, actually, I actually disagree. I actually <laughs> yeah. think that in this case there was, it wasn't a problem at all. Mm. You know, I think the, lead, the the size of the field probably makes a difference. Um, the laps have seemed about right. Like you could say you could, you could make it a little bit longer, but actually mm. at no point do I go, it was really obvious when they were passing people mm. and it was really obvious, you know, no, no one really stayed with the leader for a long period of time. There, I know in that last one that did happen in the US Open, didn't it? Yeah. When Tamara Jewett was sort of running about the same pace as Ashley Gentle, pretty close to it. Yeah. Uh, prize money is easily, distribution seems pretty fair. Oh, no, you want, no, you want to change well, it? Well, Tom, Thomas said to me, are they getting a million bucks? For the win, it was six hundred thousand US, wasn't it? No, it was one hundred thousand US. Uh, the whole price boost. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure what the total was. Yeah, but I six hundred. Now drop a drop a zero off, Tom. <laughs> hundred thousand, but it goes from a hundred to fifty, um, which is a pretty whopping John, drop off. As ever said, the winner takes it all. The winner takes it all. Yeah, uh, yeah it was six hundred thousand US. I, I just wonder if it could be distributed slightly better to the lower athletes. You know, maybe seventy five for first, and then there's another twenty five to go to the lower ranked athletes. I don't know, pros and cons to that one. I don't know, But it is nice to say, and $100,000 just got a better ring to it than $75,000. But, you know. Yeah, I get Everyone to get a payday. Mm. Um, okay, uh, we need to focus more on the minor placings. Well, this is like when I watch Formula One now, and our family is that because you've got the story. It. Yeah, yeah. But that's kind of, I think they need to work on. Having more focus on you know fifth through tenth, which we would I wouldn't have a clue without looking at the results who got fifth or tenth. Don't think I saw Tamara Jewett all day, but I think that's something long term they need to do. Is yeah, we the want to focus on the winner, 
and the, but especially when the race is all over, yep. like Anne Haug, you know, you have, I don't know, it's 5K, 10K in, it was like, she's winning, and unless something happens, yeah. you still keep a camera on her, but let's go back and see what this battle for fifth place is looking like, where you might have three people running sort of head to head. Well, a good example is that it was Kona last year with Joe Skipper and their crew, who was mm. Joe and there was a couple of guys. Oh, there's a bunch of them. Yeah, yeah, all pushing for that third or fourth or whatever it was, mm. and they were just like killing each other, and mm. It would have been really cool to get the coverage of that mm. in that moment. So I give you some. Um, overall, they're, they're making great progress, aren't they? And this is, as a lot of the athletes said, this is the first race this season, which is cool because we're getting them. Do you think it undermines? Like when Blumenfeld comes in and he says, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not on my peak. Do you, do you just not say that? He says that every every time he doesn't win, oh, really? he's like it's pissed up. It's like, oh, I'm really annoyed with that, you know. And when he in the Canadian was it Canadian Open when he lost like, to, when he when he got cramps, yep. he's just frustrated. Like he is, he said, hats off that that dude won. And the same in Kona, you know, he was really frustrated with himself for not winning. Yep. It's like he has just got this belief that he should be winning every single race and and you get that a lot with the top athletes and that's what it takes as well it doesn't it? come across as a tool but no, it's like i just think it's a little maybe it's just not needed mm. you know like i totally like it, it's it's realistic he's probably mm. not peak mm. and so you know to get this peak performance but max newman smashed it mm. you know and, and it's maybe just and we all know at the moment bloomfield is probably the best athlete well mm. on par of one or two who are up there i don't know it doesn't need to be said no yeah, there you go. There you go. There's some advice. <laughs> Just keep it to yourself. We all know it. Okay. Uh, so overall, pretty great. Now, when's the Asian Championships? Not far away, is it? Um, Let's go. Let's yeah, I'm not quite sure. You talk about the World Long Distance Champions. World Long Distance Champs. I don't know if people are going to piss off. Almost a bit of karma happened there with because I reckon Joe Skipper should have been racing in the PTO race, uh, and likewise Kat Matthews, but she had done the World Long Distance. Cha- oh, done the Ironman Texas. But it's like they both got um, – Cat Matthews was just tired. And that's totally understandable. We'd done Ironman three weeks ago. Yep. And Joe Skipper just what didn't seem to Joe? Because he only got like 20th, didn't he? Yeah, I'm not quite 22nd. sure. 22nd. Uh, so anyway, uh, long distance world champs were on the day after. Uh, and they had a 3K swim, 116K bike, and a 30-kilometer run. Kind of cool. You had a couple that took it out. You had the Frenchie, Clement Mignon, uh, in 5 hours 17, only won by – 30 seconds, um, he swam 36, spiked 2 hours 48 and run 147 in front of Antonio Benito Lopez and Matt Trotman, South African. So good racing by the boys. And then on the female side, Clement's partner, uh, Marjolaine Pierre, took that out um, pretty convincingly by about nine minutes. So she's, uh, she's only 23, 23, 24. Uh, swam 41, rode 309, and run, ran a 157, beating out Sarah Sventh and Gratz, uh, Gratz Fraulds Loralde. So, you know, these the field here is your next rung down. Uh, I don't know if any of them had qualified for the PTO race or not. I'm thinking maybe not. But it's, so it's still a good, strong field. But they take like the out the top 25 athletes. Yeah. Uh, so good on them. They're now world champions. Okay, we also had Ironman Australia happened there and obviously pretty Australian dominant field. Uh, uh, boys, had a, yeah. boys had an epic battle by us. So what happened? They, were, they Three of them went head-to-head on the run. You had Stephen McKenna, Tim Van Burkel and Sam Appleton all had brilliant run times, 245, 246 and 247. Sounded like they were running together for um, 
big chunks of the race and just you know proper head-to-head racing and I, and I read a comment a quote from Stephen McKenna he said to uh Tim Van Berkel when running he just said this is awesome <laughs> oh really <laughs> 10k and you know and they obviously know each other pretty well and he just says this is what it's all about you know running shoulder to shoulder with people and uh, may the best man win I love that like there was a game of rugby league a couple weeks ago and this guy called Cameron oh no no um oh, one of the league players for Melbourne Storm he's a bit of a character and He's playing the game and it's a real, real head on head. You know, teams are slashing each other mm. and he gets destroyed by like a prop. It gets yeah. And he gets up and he goes to the crowd like, come on. You know? <laughs> like he's loving the fact he got destroyed. Yeah. You know, and it's just like, you know, there's the, and the Mecca and Raylert moment, you know, where yeah. they kind of just, they, they see the moment here. You know, this is what we, we train for this moment, don't mm. we? So Stephen McKenna, great athlete. He's having a really good season. 8.06.15, won by 45 seconds um, over Tim Van Berkel and Sam Appleton in third. And like Stephen McKenna has had some uh, some good little yeah. battles with um, with Max Newman. You know, these guys are, are sometimes awesome in Australia and sometimes don't venture out of Aussie too much. And if they do, sometimes it doesn't go quite as well. But at home, they're awesome. Go back to Newman. Can he win it? Kona. Well, Nice. Oh, uh, Nice. Uh, yeah, I don't see any reason why not. He wasn't far off. You know, people, you put him in the same basket as Sam Laidlow. If they're firing on all cylinders and you haven't got the Norwegians there. Because he's the yeah. best Australian right now, isn't he? Oh, by a long shot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, those are, no, he's, he's had some pretty close races with the other guys, but yeah, no reason why. But what, what is, does the course suit him? I don't really know what his bike skills are like, but he showed in Kona. He's, he can, you know, he can ride with the and, front And front on boots. the weekend, he's fast. Yeah. yeah. So, and he can swim. Yep. He's got the full package. Yep. Um, so yeah, on the female side, uh, it was a bit of a dojo domination by Kylie Smith. Uh, she beat out uh, Radka Carterfelt. How old is Radka Carterfelt now? She's 38. I was thinking that's the name from the past. Uh, she is uh, 38. Yep. She's quite a lot slower than the men's. If we say normally it's about 40 minutes, yep. the men were doing 8.06. The winner of the females was 9.16. Mm. So definitely it's a pretty weak field for Kylie females. Smith's normally a weapon runner and maybe she didn't need to push it. Uh, she's a, a sub three runner. Um, okay, she's yep. not a great swimmer. 1.06, which... I think I saw a comment from her that's actually not too bad for her. Oh, really? Wow. Uh, but she had the fastest spike split and the fastest run split and took it out by nine minutes. Why so. isn't this race getting a better field? Is this at Keynes is the championship race? Yep, yep. And a lot of people are off doing other, other things. So, yeah, they had more prize money this year, $75,000 US. And Australia loves triathlon. Mm-hmm. You know, like you think that, like I'm sure the field size was big, but you kind of see so much racing. So yeah. you think you got the PTO race, all the Americans, you know, if they didn't go over there, <clears throat> we'll talk about it in a moment, the St. George 70.3, there's, there's no need to travel. And so well, we've got the good Aussies, the good Kiwis have probably done Ironman New Zealand. No and, point going and, and we did talk about one of the benefits of the PTO coming into existence. And, and as we said earlier, we're seeing a lot more top-end racing with top-end fields. That these second-tier races, it means that second-tier athletes can make a better living. Mm. There's a better pathway for the up-and-comers. So as much as we're saying, why aren't they getting better fields? It's, it's probably better overall for the sport. Yep. Yep. Uh, challenge Marbella. Uh, 70.3 Marbella. Uh, oh, you had Nikki Bartlett took that out pretty convincingly on the female side and Nicholas Mann took it out on the boys' side. Okay, coming up this weekend, we have Yokohama in Japan. It's one of the Olympic, it's one of the longest running ones, isn't it? It is, yeah. Yeah, so what's happening there? Uh, so usually this race normally comes down to the run. Um, so on the boys' side, we haven't got Alex Yee racing, so it's a really good chance to see if Hayden Wild can step up. Still some really good dudes uh, in there. You've got Yellow Greens, you've got uh, the current 
world champion, Leo Bajir and, and a few others. So it's a real opportunity for Hayden Wild because he bombed out in the first race in Abu Dhabi with a... Um, was it a pun- I think he got a puncher, uh, and so he needs a, a good race. On the female side, you've got the return of Taylor Nib. Would have been great to see her at the PTO race at the weekend, ripping it up on the bike, but she's focusing on trying to get to the Olympics. So she's back after having um, some sort of surgery on her foot. Uh, no Flora Duffy, nor Beth Potter, who won the first round. So, um, yeah, it should be good good racing for Kiwis and Aussies and people in Asia and stuff. Uh, Timing-wise, is a really good one. Normally, they're in the middle of the night, this one is uh, on Saturday afternoon, so good times. Will you get up and watch it? Or you watch I it? won't need to. I think it's, it's, on, at, uh, it's on in the afternoon, so we're going to be in Hamner, so might watch it delayed a little bit. Hmm. Can't get away from the family. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> Go pick your battles. Got to pick your battles, that's for sure. <laughs> what are you doing in Hamner? Uh, just going away for a weekend. Nice. Yeah. Hamner's great for that. Conveniently uh, timed in a 200k bike ride to get there. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to Hamner. You mind if I just go up on Friday? I'll, I'll meet you there. Five, meet you there at six o'clock. Works. Kids will be at school. I'll just bike up there. So it's a good time. Have I got an idea for the family? Oh, yeah. by the way, I might just take my training along. Okay, this week's discussion: What can we do as tri- as a triathlon community to help or try and help some athletes stop feeling that doping is an option? We got some books, Bevan. We got some books written here. So okay. if you write a book, um, well, let's, let's give it a shot. Okay, so first of all, we've got horns. This is quick. Stupid, I can't fix stupid, it's common sense, I guess it boils down to a mental health issue. Daniel Phillips, I don't believe this is a pressure thing, a poor excuse for the people who wouldn't have had any regrets that had they not been caught. On the different side, forfeit all results before and after, prize purse, race contracts which have legal teeth to pull back prize money for the same. Good point. I don't think you could do it, could you? But you didn't test positive till. We're talking about Conchartier until yeah. whenever it was. Can't unless the retrospective testing comes up. Can't claim anything back. And that's where it's a little bit tiffy. Uh The grinder, Christine McKinley, has got. I think it's a personal integrity thing that is purely internally driven. So whatever the tri community do externally won't change someone who do- chooses to dope. However, I do think we need to keep the conversation going about doping, encouraging honesty, transparency, transparency, and even ex-dopers tell their story. And I totally agree. Us just talking about it now might influence one person not to take drugs. Uh, Eugene Collins, is it a widespread problem in triathlon to warrant the suggestion? Nobody knows the answer to that really. Yeah. Um, But... People are getting caught, so it's a problem. Let's try to well, wrap but, it. but as as we kind of wrapped up last week, I think it's a very it's 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 less than one percent of getting caught. Mm. You know, it's a very small mm. problem. You know, now you seem to think it's bigger in age grouping, yeah, um, which I don't know, but yeah. Uh, David Manley's got. Uh, I believe it's rife amongst older age groupers. There you go. Uh, and organisations like Ironman probably know it and choose to turn a blind eye for fear of those with the big bucks turning to other options. As for an exact, exactly the question, testing and encouraging tip-offs is probably one of the only ways of fixing it. There is a, a, a there is <coughs> something in the states, and I don't know if this is a worldwide thing, where there is it's not dobmean.com, but there is uh, there is somewhere where you can. Um, but then you're still going to prove it. Yeah, yeah, and that you goes because you might just like I'm racing young for dinner this weekend. Like, yeah. <laughs> Go bust him. <laughs> he's like caught him. He's on the yeah. trees. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, <laughs> you totally. But but at least at least it puts a little flag up, and they'll go. Oh, we need to look into it. And then if you start looking at results and stuff, and just go, what the hell? This guy was like 
fiftieth, and now he's winning. Yeah. Um, then it requires just a little bit of investigation. Uh, Mick Simpson, purely from an age group perspective, I do think that an open category should be done for those who feel the need, i.e. to take drugs. Uh, no slots, etc. but if you think testosterone will improve your quality of life as an ageing athlete, go for it. Well, I know you're going to be hyped up about this one, but it's, mm. a, it's a problem really because a lot of people are using testosterone and, and mm-hmm. kind of anti-ageing methods. Mm-hmm. To, and... and Fair enough. You know, it's your life, your body. There's mm. nothing. Le- well, I don't there know is something illegal. Yeah. About it. <laughs> but in some countries, probably some of them aren't. No. Like hormone replacement, is that illegal? Uh, from a triathlon perspective, it is. No, yeah. but I mean, just as in general. Uh, in terms of buying it, no, I don't think so. Yeah, so if you're using hormone replacement therapy just because you're trying to mm. get more energy and more longevity in life, mm. and now I haven't done the research, I don't know how effective it is, but. And there'll be some circumstances. And you still want to do the sport. Well, there's some circumstances, and this is the same for pros, is. You kind of need to be getting prescribed something, but you can't because then you'll be breaking the yeah. rules. So, um, like you know, like in ten years, fifteen years from now, mm. if you could afford to get a hormone replacement, which would just give you better energy and so on in life, would you use it? Uh, personally, I probably wouldn't. Um, yeah, just because that's honest. just, just I'm, I'm just wired that way. But is it cheating or is it like like, like that's the thing? Like not, not not as a race performance thing. Yes, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. It's just to improve my quality of life. Because yeah, because. Um, like we've always lived with lots of energy, mm. no, and, and I don't think I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with it, mm. you know. But I kind of get I, I get the kind of dilemma with it. But but mm. then let's say let's say you do. Let's just say you go. You know what? I want to try it. You try it. Actually, it makes my life better. Mm. You still want to race? Mm. If I get to a point where I can't run, but I can take something that can make me yeah enable me to run. Uh, and and over the counter it's not illegal yeah I will cross that bridge when I get there and it's really hard I think for us to put ourselves in that yeah. position because we're not there yet yeah and so I do think there's I do think there's an aspect of the sport that, a good question is how do we navigate that because I do mm. think that a lot of people and let's be honest our audience and, and people listening to this are athletically minded people who look after their health and fitness and care about their fitness and if there's a way in the future and let's be honest this is there's going to be more ways moving forward mm. as we understand science at deeper levels. Um, what does that look like in sport? And it might be a category where it's like, you know what, we know you're doing hormone replacement therapy. All good. You're just not in the race category. Mm. You know, the problem is it does influence the race. Mm. So like if you're in a pack with people who are actually racing, mm. so there are issues around it. Lucy Francis, she's got, even athletes in ancient Greece used to dope. So this is as old as the sport, unfortunately. The only people that it can affect is the person themselves to not go down that route and the race organizers to introduce more testing. Definitely test for all pros and all out of competition and in, in our sport. Uh, all age groupers that stand on the podium for their category or qualify for a championship race should also be tested. I think what stops testing being done regularly is extensively is the prohibitive cost. Um, perhaps this is something that all sports bodies should collaborate on and join forces to make testing more affordable. I also think coaches have some responsibility to veto their athletes. <sighs> That's a, the coach one's a hard one. Yep. Uh, yes, definitely. I wouldn't have a clue if any, if, mm. if any of my athletes ever Have you ever drugs. asked an athlete how to join drugs? No. Uh, and you'd be pissed off if your coach asked you that, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. Um, I just, I, I, I totally get what people are saying about more testing and that would be helpful. What does test cost? I've got absolutely no idea, but it's, you know, if you want to do this properly, it's 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 going to cost a lot. And so I think more testing, but that's kind of using the, the stick mentality, you're just whacking people and just scaring them into it. Um, whereas I think we want to try to get that shift where people actually 
don't feel the need to go down that path, which is bloody tricky. Peter Buckley says, effective testing for age group but doping is financially very challenging for the organisers. If an age group athlete is prepared to dope and cheat, I feel sorry for them. It comes down to personal integrity. Okay, so just while you're doing that, now this is based on the 2017, I did a quick Google search. Anti-doping claimed uh, it's been about 300 million on sport, but basically they're saying here, under the formula used, it was estimated that each individual test costs on average of around 400 US. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. So when you think, you know, we, so you got what, 10 pros at a race? Mm-hmm. Is, you know, it's four grand, you know. So. Uh, I like this one, Mark Farquhar. Um, more visibility with anti-doping teams at races. If they're in more public areas, athletes might think twice about doping and or competing. Good old Mark Stilwell's written a really big one here. So you you, you do another one, I'll read it. Uh, oh, that's a biggie. Even Stilwell, that's too long. Oh, that's the one I'm reading. Okay. Uh, you do I've Mike. Done, I've done, done Mike. I've done, done. Uh, uh, Adam Phillips. Testing doesn't work. Emission of guilt are purely retrospective, obviously. So the best technique currently available is whistleblowing. The needs to develop a culture where everyone reports anything suspicious on the reveal program and no omerta exists. And I think, yeah, that reveal one is, I think, the American-based where you can dob people in. Um, totally agree with that. I think that's good. But like people like Lionel Sanders, you know, he had Colin Chardier living with him. Yeah. He's like, I don't have a clues on drugs. And, 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 I, really and I will take that at face value from what Lionel Sanders said. He was, oh, no, yeah, 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 totally. And also Lionel Sanders said that if he got busted nerves at my house, I get painted with the same brush. Yeah. You know, Mark, uh, even Stillwell, it's kind of the basis. I personally think that we should work extremely hard to shame people for not participating with integrity. And nothing will deter people more than the potential of shame for a mid-order results of PED. Imagine what this would mean for the pros. When I say hard, I mean publicize what they did, when they did it, how they did it. Part of their punishment is to be a part of the group of people that educate us on all the integrity and fear and competition. Uh, I also think integrity is... In competition should be a massive foundation of mass participation sports because I think it covers many issues in sports that need attention like female participation, trans athletes, depth of pay, sponsorship and athletes and events. I realise shaming people is not a favourable option for many including me but if you truly want something something cost effective to lean on shame it is. Penalties don't work, particularly with amateurs, because a lot of athletes don't perceive missing some races as a deterrent, particularly after getting the performance they wanted or tr- uh, continue to train with the performance benefit during the penalty period. So he's got his own shame and blame. Yeah, uh, and um, one thing that's just come up there and a couple of others have said, you know, pay back all your prize money you've earned and things like that. And that's not realistic, again, because if we use Colin Charter example, he tested positive whenever it was in February or November. And prior to that, he hadn't tested positive. If you put a fine in place, if you're a pro athlete at least, if you get busted for performance-enhancing drugs, you get a fine. If that's going to be legally binding, that would be another sort of scare factor for for the athletes. Uh, And whether or not there's any terms and conditions that if you're a pro athlete, you've got to do X, Y, and Z if you get busted. Don't know if you can legally do that or not. Anyway, but then like Colin, he quits. So yeah, but you still got to pay your fine if you get oh, if yeah. you get paid right. If you get busted with is drugs, sorry, is it fine? No, well, not to my knowledge, it's not. If you get busted and you've done races in between, say he got busted in October and he'd done races in November and December, then you've got to pay back the prize money if it's been paid out. Um, 
but it's not, I don't believe there's any fines. It's like you're banned and you're out of here. Um, it's a governing body. It's not a legal it, body. Can you do that? I don't know. Um, but if you're if you're signed up to PTO as a pro athlete, or if you're signed up to Ironman as a pro athlete, I don't That's know. That's actually where PTO could have, actually have quite an influence hmm. because they could make the. Uh, you know, if you want to run a race under the PTO banner, you sign a contract mm. with these stipulations within it. Now, I don't know if they currently do that. I imagine maybe. Don't know. Um, but within that, there would be, you know, because I actually like the fine system mm. because then if, you know, like look at Colin, arguably he, he he's denying he raced mm. that race where he won 100K. Yeah. Um, you know, that's what he says. Um, but if he knew that if I get caught, I'd get a fine of 100,000 Ks or dollars, because um, you're bringing the sport into disrepute. Yeah, totally. Um, and so, another. Uh, and if he did cheat hmm. in that race, which again he denies it, you, you know he's proven to be a liar. Um, if if he, if that get, could cost someone hundred thousand bucks. That, um, the bigger question is, could you do that for age groupers? <laughs> saying if you get busted for drugs, you brought the sport into oh, disrepute. To be honest, I don't think there's a solution for age groupers, unfortunately. No. No, because it's more the, of a, like no one can afford to test them. Societal. You're not going to spend 400 bucks US on a test for a yeah. race, are you? They do a bit of testing in Kona on age groupers. Yep. Um, but yeah, it needs to be more of a societal sort of shift. So let's focus on the pros the, and see if that filters. We down. know a guy who got done for drugs years ago mm. who, who trained with us a little bit. Oh, yeah. Um, I think he got done. I'm not sure if he got done for drugs. Oh, he, he, he was definitely on drugs. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. So, yeah. but did you know at the time? No. But you put two and two together, you go, ah, oh, yeah. How there was, I not there's see some that? other ethical questions with this person, <laughs> yeah. um, because you know we say we should name and shame, but do you think you've ever trained with people thinking this person's on something? Only that one person. Yeah, yeah. No, outside of that, no. Yeah, that one person. Yeah, let's not go there. <laughs> you guys were thinking, who is that? We're not going to name. Them. <laughs> uh, okay, so interesting discussion. So fundamentally. Yeah. Oh, I've got a couple of other things uh, that I put on here. Um, race organisers, and this is something I'll be instigating, uh, race organisers are having a strongly worded tick box whenever you enter a race um, that really say you've got to confirm you're not taking drugs. And it's just that one little thing, you know, how many untruths can I say? And it's just like, oh, I've got to tick another one going, yes, I'm a cheat, and just make you feel worse about it. So that's one thing that I'd say. Um I think years ago there's a book called Predictably Irrational. I think it was this book with Dan Ariely, and he talked about how cause some industries just have bad ethics. I think it was, uh, I can't remember which industry, but one thing they got they tried is basically every day these people had to read the ethics of the industry, mm. and they found it improved their their mm. their behaviour. So yeah. maybe that could work. Um, I think we've sort of discussed all of us individually talking more about this, and 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 I think one of the cool things with the pros when they came out with a lot of their statements is. Yeah, winning's really important, but winning's not everything. It's more about the performance, and and yeah, winning winning isn't everything. But we, we give a lot of attention to the winners. Yeah, yeah, yeah the winner takes it all. Mm. As again, the famous band ever said. Okay, this week's discussion: Did the PTO European Open live up to the hype? As for you, as a spectator, and was there anything they could do better? Okay, let's look into John's quiz mm, question. Okay. I know the answer to this, so I can't partake this week because I stumbled on this when I was doing my Why stats. Year? Sorry? Just because you were doing your... I was doing my little research for my stats, which is going to be 70.3 worlds versus long course worlds. And I thought I'll compare 20... I did compare 2019, which I'll do in a moment. And then I thought I'll... 
bugger it, that didn't work. Let's see if I can find, <laughs> let's see if I can manipulate these stats somehow. <laughs> so I went to 2017. I could have wrong. <laughs> in 2017, the world long distance champs were held in Penticton in Canada. Uh, so it's 2017. Who won the world long distance okay, triathlon? So can you just give us one clue here? Yep. Do we know the names? Yes. Both boys and girls? Yes. Okay, okay, that's good because sometimes it could have been someone who's like, oh, I don't know that let's person. Let's go pause for a second. Okay, let's go for a pause. We paused because we are going to do Pro of the Week and I was like, flag it, mate. We're in 50 minutes. I've, I've delayed this Pro of the Week like for three or four weeks. Poor old Robert Wilkowicki, I can't even pronounce his name. We were, I'm going to get to it because he, he got second, I think it hey, was. we're going to do Pro of the Week. <laughs> Coaches <laughs> Corner. Corner. Okay, John, I was walking down the street. Mary Letworth was looking awesome. I met a couple of his friends. This lady had good abs. She made me punch her abdominals. And Whoa. It, <laughs> that's what you're doing, Strauss. Yep. And... Uh, and Murray goes to me, John smashed this morning. And Murray, like he had a pretty good bike as well. Yeah. So uh, tell us about what you did and why you do it. Okay, so this week's sort of rote build-up session that I did um, that might work for a lot of you guys building up to a race it was basically trying to do a half Ironman, as close to half Ironman effort as possible. Um, now, that's pretty tricky because it's not a race setting and the main why I do this is we've got no race opportunities down here, we're going into winter, there's no triathlons, I'm not going to go the Kona 70.3, so I needed to try to get sort of a race paced effort in, um, which was tough, tough, difficult. Uh, so we swam 3k, a little bit longer than a half Ironman, um, and aiming to do that sort of between Ironman and half Ironman pace. If it wasn't the quickest transition in the world onto a 90k bike at half Ironman effort and then obviously a 21.1k um, trying to be realistic on the run in terms of I wasn't thinking I'm going to be you know uh, completely on my knees at the end but you know trying to get between half Ironman and Ironman pace um, so how you guys can this is how I set myself up success and how you guys can can perhaps do this as well is firstly and I talk about this quite a bit is you when you've got these key sessions, you've got to be pretty fired up and you've got to be focused on it for the week. You know, my so, you're, so you're treating like a race? Yeah, my whole week was, well, partly I was in recovery from the sort of the big weekend before, but it's like there's only one session that matters this week and it's Saturday and you've got to fire up and you've got to get in there and absolutely smash it. Do you have performance measures around it? <clears throat> Um, we've got power numbers and, and pace numbers and heart rate numbers that I want to chase. Okay. Um, so, so yes, I do. Yep. Uh, so that's number one, be, be fired up. Secondly, have a race plan. So it would have been easy to just go, oh, I'll go out there and do the best that I can. And Bevan just sort of asked about performance measures is, um, is having some objectives out there in terms of the pace you want to be going and also spend some time working out the optimal course. So for us in Challenge Rote, it's, uh, it's quite a, a lumpy-ish sort of course. You know, it's fast, but it's lumpy. Unfortunately, in Christchurch, we, we're either flat or hills. So I kind of had to come up with a course um, that was going to be, you know, somewhat similar. But some of the time what that meant was doing some big gear work on the flat. Um, so just sitting up and actually doing a couple of minutes, sitting up, trying to simulate a hills. But yeah, trying to think about the most optimal course um, relative to what you are going to be racing on soon. Uh, number three would be trying to get others to join you. Um, just being out there helps a lot. So, for example, in the swim, I had laned myself. There's nobody in there, but there was two other guys. Oh, so it wasn't open water. Okay. <clears throat> no, but, you know, bloody hell, I'm not. Well, I know in criteria the water's okay. In Christchurch, I'm not getting in the water okay. uh, this time of the year. Uh, so I had a lane to myself, but there was two other guys in one of the other lanes that were doing the same workout so at a different pace. Uh, no, okay. no, but 
I would do a little bit of wetsuit swimming closer to the race. Yep. Um, so yeah, try to get some others in there and it just means that there's somebody in there, you know they're doing the same thing even if they're not the same pace. And then for me on the bike ride, I had uh, the Holy Hammer. Uh, now he just sat on my wheel the whole way around but there was, and there was two other guys out there as well. And again, just knowing you've got people out there just gives you that little bit of extra extra help, at least it does for me. Um, and then it comes down to sort of getting all your other specific right and testing things because, you know, we all know um, from like the PTO race at the weekend, people are a little bit rusty. Some of the transitions there were woeful, weren't they? Yeah. Buddy Fredina and yeah. Brownlee, like getting on their bikes, they were <laughs> you know, rookies. Laughable. Um, <clears throat> so getting your, things like your nutrition right so you know I worked out exactly what I'll be doing in a, in a half Ironman race I think I was going at 75 around 75 grams of carbs per hour so for me on the bike that looked like I have two bottles of uh, Infinite um, I have a bottle of Ucan I have a gel and a bit of a bar um, and it's yeah it's just a good good way to, to train your stomach in, in sort of race conditions and then thinking about your run um, it's really easy when you're doing sessions by yourself not to get enough nutrition in you know when we're in race we've got an aid station every two or three k's and boom 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 it's pretty straightforward so we mapped out a, a lap course so it was a 5k lap uh, so you knew every 5k you pull in and get a, a good amount of aid rather than having that being issued later on and you don't want to be carrying too much stuff when you're doing these sessions and then the final thing for me was in terms of setting up for success was to test any other sort of equipment um, you're going to use in the in the race so I wasn't using race wheels or anything like that um, but a couple of things that I tested at the weekend I had some new aero calf guards Bevan so you know, if you think about you know no, your, <clears throat> for soccer players should, uh, but so, you know you've got you know, normally have your compression socks that yeah. go all out these are basically socks without um, without feet without the feet on them uh, so you can wear them under your wetsuit uh, and Wait a second, so they're kind of like calf sleeves calf sleeves yeah. but they're made of a, a different sort of material and aerodynamically they claim they're going to give me 40 seconds over an Ironman ride and they're very inexpensive like $58 New Zealand it's like 40 seconds is like, okay, that's uh, that's Fair deal. Enough. So I got them from rule rule 28, and I also had some... Who's that, who's that guy who, who we get on who loves this stuff? What's his name? Um, David Bowden? Is it? David Bowden, yep, yep. Get him onto those, because so, he loves this stuff. Give there's, to lo- there's lots of things you can buy to get speed, um, but that was an inexpensive way, and something you really don't Does need to... Does it feel... Uh, it just... Just feels like I, socks. I rode pretty pretty fast. It just it didn't feel like it's all about the socks. Yeah, it's all about the socks. And I also had some of their arms arm sleeves as well. Um, so made of a special material that's um, again going to hopefully give me some aerodynamic advantages. So testing all that sort of equipment's good. Um, you do, but the man, number one thing is you need to be fired up. You need to be you know reasonably tapered for it. And yeah, for me personally, just did extremely well. Swim swim my swim's going pretty shitty at the moment, but it's you know. When you put things into perspective, I say, oh, my swim is a bit crap, but really it's only maybe two seconds per hundred off where I'd want to be. And you put that into perspective, it's like a minute. What do you want to swim in route? Um, below 55 anyway, so 50, 53, 54 would be good. Um, so hopefully I'll be in that sort of ballpark. What did you swim last time? <clears throat> last time was really slow. First time we went there, I swam like 49 or 48. Because yeah, I swam 53 there. Yeah, yeah um, I wasn't but, but then the last time we were there, the sometimes were like really slow. Like I would think I was 54, 55. Is it a current thing? Uh, well, must it be. must have been. But they closed the bloody things. But that last time in 2018, I think we were there. Yeah. 
it was slow. I was really pissed off with that because <laughs> um, I was swimming reasonably well then. And so, yeah, in terms of me, the swim was okay. Um, bike, I averaged 262 watts, which was about 10 watts better than I expected. And then the run, um, I think in a race, I could probably average just a little bit under 355 and ended up with 404, I think, average. So I was uh, all in all pretty, pretty happy. It's, good. it's a tough session, though, to do by yourself. And uh, satisfied? Yep. Way ahead of where I thought, well, definitely ahead of where I thought it was going to be. Sub nine, baby. How many weeks yeah. is it? Uh, six or six, I think it's six. And is sub nine realistic? Uh, uh, everything's got to go right for sub nine. Yeah. Yep. yeah, it's got to be good conditions. Everything's just got to go right. You did 850, you know, didn't you? I, uh, 50, I think I, first time was 51, then maybe 54, 50, yep. something like that. 50, yeah, you appreciate like it last time. But it's going to be, it's going to be tiny, tiny margins. So I need, Everything's got to go right. Okay, let's go. Statistic. It's fantastic. fantastic. So last week we had a discussion, and I was like, John, go to the seven point threes. It's much harder. You get a much better field. The, the world's, it's, it's a it's a fourth tier age group field. And you was like, no, no, no I'll, I'll go to the worlds. Uh, and he, and he, I'm going to do my stats. And he gave up on the stats. Why did you give up on the stats? Well, I knew that seventy point threes in terms of volume of athletes is going to blow the world champs, the world long distance champs out yep. of the water. In Nice, they had over 5,000 entries. And, and there were 7.3 world 7. champs. 7.3 world wow. champs. And Nice is, a, is probably one of your exceptional venues, but that's just mental. Yep. Um, and so I knew the volume was going to be great, but my argument was I kind of thought top five, top three is going to be Still pretty, going to get... pretty strong. So and you went away? So I went away. And so I looked at the yeah the, the world champs from 2019. Um, the triathlon was in Pontevedra, which is in Spain. Now I will preface this that it was a really early season race for this example. N equals one. Um, but so and I didn't go beyond that because I was just, I'm just wasting my time here. <laughs> I've lost this battle. <laughs> um, it was in May, uh, so you perhaps don't get quite as many people. But I, 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 I start, and the other thing I would say when I talk about these times, world long distance champs are typically quite a bit longer than the 70.3 worlds, but it still doesn't quite work out. So at 40 to 44 men, I thought I'd just pick the most popular age groups. 40 to 44 men, there was 85 finishes in long distance it? worlds. Still not bad. Oh, 85? Yeah, uh, in that age group. Uh, and, there, and there was 17 minutes spread between first and fifth. Okay, so uh, wait, let's, okay, so... 85, would you say it's not bad? I'd say it's pretty weak for a world championship field. If it was 85 quality, I'd be okay with well, it. Well, you yeah. wrong on that as well. <laughs> and Nice had 530 finishes in the age group. And there was only five minutes covering first through to fifth. It is a shorter distance race. You know, I think the long course one was probably at least an hour longer, but it still doesn't. Yeah. Uh, and then I looked uh, at the 50, well, I looked at a bunch of men's ones, <laughs> the 50 to 54 men, there was a 23 minute spread covering the top five, the 40 to 44 females was a 32 minute spread in the top five. And then I did another comparison um, with the 50 to 54 females, there was only 18 finishes at the World Triathlon Champs, 43 minutes covering the top five. The women's 50 to 54, there was only four minutes covering the top five wow. and it was won by Brigitte McMahon, uh, and there was 200 finishes, uh, and Brigitte McNan, for those of you who don't know, she won the first Olympic gold medal in Sydney in 2000. Oh, really? But oh, tested positive drugs right. later no, on. No, no, I'm talking about drug cheats. Mm, but didn't get, didn't lose the gold medal because it was later on in the career. So. What about that? Did she keep being for a sport forever, even as an age grouper? Because mm. who was the cricket player? Um, um, Lou Vincent. 
Right. He can't have anything to do with cricket. He can't even coach. Mm. They're like, mate, you because so for those who don't know, Lou Vincent was a New Zealand black cap player, and he got done for uh, gambling, cheating, basically. Mm. Um, and he on cricket on cricket. Yeah, while he was playing for the New Zealand national team, and it was quite controversial because another player who seems to have been a bit of a shady character, mm. um, and he got banned from all cricket for all, I think his whole life, and yeah. it was like, and he like he's not allowed to coach his local kids team, like it was very harsh. Mm. Is that one thing we should do? Like, should um, Bridget be allowed to race? Uh, I kind of believe in second chances, probably not third chances, but. Second chances. How many times did Gatling get done? He got done about three times, didn't he? Who? The sprinter. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He uh, he definitely did. Got done at least twice. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, So the conclusion is what, John? Unfortunately, 70.3 world champs is uh, is better. And you talked about... So last week you talked about you would rather go to 70.3 champs. Mm. I'm sorry, the world champs in a 70.3. When you find that there's only 80 people in your field, does that change it? Uh. Quantity doesn't bother me. It's quality that bothers me. And so. I would argue even then, you're like we know that 70.3 champs isn't the golden ticket that Kona used to be. It might be a bit different mm. now. Um, but you're still going to get a, you know, a yep. lot of people who are good turning up. Mm-hmm. And actually, interestingly, uh, Sean Bonsells. Big Dipper. Us, Big Dipper sent us through an email. He's got, following the Up on the World 70.3 versus Long Course discussion on last week's podcast, in 2023, as a male living in America, it is far harder to qualify for the World 70.3 champs in Finland, thus more popular than the World Triathlon World Distance champs in Ibiza. Uh, and even harder and more popular than qualifying for the World Championships in Nice. So he's saying that mm. the 70.3s is more popular than Nice. Mm. Here's an example of the vast difference in popularity between these three events based on some regional races here in the US. 2023 Ironman 70.3 Texas was a qualifier for Finland. Only 30 total slots available amongst the age groups, meaning only one to two slots per age group. I was at the slot allocation and did not roll down in any age group to anyone that did not want to go, meaning almost every winner of the age group took the slot and if it did roll down... Um, the people who did not take the slot already had slots from a prior race. You had to win the age group to qualify for Finland. In 2023's Ironman Texas, three weeks later, there were 200 slots available, 100 for females going to Kona, 100 for men going to Nice. In the males' age group, slots rolled down to the 30th or 40th places for a lot of the age groups. They were basically hard to fi- finding it hard to fill the male slots in for Nice. In fairness, this was not true for the women's going to Kona, which did not roll down. So obviously, Kona stole the golden ticket. Mm, I think that's quite variable. <laughs> yeah. Um, 2022 USAT National Long Course Champs in Stony Brook. Uh, this was the qualifier for Ibiza. In some age group um, races, you had to just finish the race to qualify. In fact, in the male 70, 55 to 59 age group, they had to roll down slots to people who didn't even qualify the rate, uh, do the qualifying race. I think the overall takeaway here in the States. Uh, here is far more interesting. Interested in going to the 70.3 World Champs uh, over the last 10 years. It's much harder to qualify for the 70.3 World Champs than the long distance champs. I've been to both, and although racing for your country was a great experience, I found the level of competition vastly different between these two events. This year, because there are limited slots for the 7.3 at America's race, American racing, and a relatively increase in niche spots due to the 
split venues and less interest in Nice versus Kona, I think it's harder for the men to qualify for 70.3s than the Ironman World Champs this year. It'll be interesting to see if this happens to the American woman next year when the World Championships will be in, not be in Kona for them. So, hmm. I think, yeah, totally get that. And I think there's a lot of variability at different races, different places around the world. It's good to get an American perspective. I know in Kona at 70.3, the 70.3 world slots roll to last place if needs be. Yeah. Uh, and I know at Ironman New Zealand, the the, the Kona female slots um, were rolling a long way down as well. Oh, really? That's fine. I don't, I don't know. It's, it is well, what it is. But, you, but we are getting slot. more slots, as you said last week. Like the, you know, Because mm. I have 2,500 females in Kona. I guess so, if not more. Yeah. You know, so the quality of field's a lot less than when you only had a, th- what, mm. how many previously raced? Uh, off the top of my head, in a, single, in a single day format, I would be saying if you've got two and a half thousand, probably 800 women at a guess. Yeah, so when you get two and a half thousand, mm. you know, the field's obviously a lot less stronger. Um, it's going to be really interesting to watch next year what happens with Nice with the females. Mm. You know, w- you know, like what will be the roll down effect of that? Because it does still seem that Kona is the experience people want to have. Yeah, it's first year of Nice, so that may change as time goes on and history changes, but yeah. you know, it definitely seems that's the case. Okay, let's go on to Winger, Winger of the week. week. Okay, so Winger of the Week. Pluck a number out of your butt. Oh, I was 95th. Don't pick 95th. 72. Harold's the king? Because we love the king. Is he 72? Wait, wait, I'm just, wait. About He's the same wait, age wait, as my king father-in-law. Charles king Charles. Come on, 72, because he's, he's a swim, bike, a runner. He's got a... 74. No, yep, they're okay as well. Justin Bindi. Oh, good Bind- on Bindi. Bindley, 13 hours and 48 minutes of training, one hour and 12 minutes of swimming, seven hours and 11 minutes on the bike, five hours and 24 minutes on the run for 74th place. And Justin is from Brisbane. He wants to be a superhero swimmer for six kids. So how far have I swum? 8.7 kilometres. Uh, he's done a whole bunch of swims for... For sick kids, nice work, Justin. Oh, okay, so it's obviously a fundraiser because they got who's that? Nick, is it Nick Fanning? Who's that? Is the surfer who got bit by a shark? Oh, and he did Ironman Port Macquarie at the weekend. Here we go, nice work, Justin. He, what did he do on the run? Four fifty three on the run. Um, he did a pretty good accuracy, one hundred seventy nine point five kilometers on the bike. That's pretty good. And he swam uh, five hours, five hours fifty four on the bike, and swam one hour and twelve minutes. Looked like a pretty balanced race. Nice work. Well, based on his marathon time, that's actually a pretty good run for him. Mm. Based on his estimated marathon time. Longest so. ride he's ever done, 202.5 kilometres long. It looks like he's a pilot as well. Really? Yeah, there's photos of him flying a plane, so he better be a pilot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> be like, catch me if you can yeah. sort of stuff. Do you know what's disappointing about that movie? The whole thing's a lie. We watched it the other day. It's yeah. a great film. Yeah, it's very good. But even the whole, basically, it's been proven that most of it's lies. Almost all of it. Yeah. 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 So even the, the the story after the fact comes. Yeah. But it's such a pity because it's such a good film, isn't it? Yeah. It's a it's a bit it's unbelievable. Yeah. But even if it was seventy five percent true, you'd be going, oh, "That's pretty cool." Yeah. But it sounds like yeah, it but was no, twenty five. Pretty much most of it's been disproven. So it's it's a bummer because I I love that film. Yeah. You know. Uh, so Justin Bindley, good work on your fundraising for uh, the speedo the 
Starlight Super Swim sponsored by Speedo. It was back in February. And for sick kids, good work and well done on I'm Ann Brisbane. Justin Binley, you are our winger of the week. Okay, let's go to John's quiz question. John's quiz question was, who won the World Long Course Championships, both female and male, in 2017? I'm going to say, I'm going to say, Sebastian Keenley. The men, uh, yeah. Well, the, the well, long distance champs are very prestigious <clears throat> and always very sought after. And the strength of fields, yeah, oh, uh, mate, best really ever. great. Mate, I can't believe you know <coughs> Kona gets the credit. Um, so, if people haven't got a clue, I'm going to start by giving you a clue for both the males and females. Give me this clue. Uh, the females was an Australian 2017, it's not Carfrey. Yeah, I was going about to say it's not Marinda Carfrey. And <clears throat> what are Australians, third are place, it was Heather Wirtle. Was it the female? Third place was Heather Wirtle. Second place was Halle Fredrickson. So it was a, it was a reasonable field. Kaiser Sali was fourth. Leander Cave was fifth. Um, it was a good field. F- first place was Sarah Crowley from Australia, oh, okay. yep. who is turning 40 this year. Uh, and she won by four minutes. Okay, um, means. Give us a clue. Uh, it's in the Canadian. I've totally gone blank. Yeah. Canadian. Oh, Lionel Sanders? Yes. Joe Gambles was third, Annie Potts was fourth, Josh Amberger was second, and Lionel Sanders was first. He won by two minutes. He took it on the run. He absolutely killed everybody on the run. He ran 145 um, after losing big time previously. He only won by two minutes, and Josh Amberger, uh, he ran a 153. So he would have must have been leading for a good chunk of the race, and Sanders ran him down. How old Sanders now? Sanders born in 19... 19- 88. Oh, so, so he's so 35. Okay, so a few more pick years in front of him. Oh, we didn't talk about the other race. It was on the weekend. Uh, just just quickly, the um, the 70.3 St. George was on at the weekend, and uh, Sam Long took that out, which was a really good victory. And on the females' side, you had uh, Jenny Metzler who took that out, and she basically had a whole of last year off with mental um, illness, you know, just, uh, and we interviewed her a long time ago, and her and her partner, husband, Justin Metzler, and she was talking about it then, but she basically took um, pretty much all of last year off. What'd you have? Just mentally, um, oh. just wasn't able to sort of hold it together. <clears throat> so good on her for, for a great comeback victory, it's quite a strong field, and the other one I've got to mention there is on the boys' side, so Sam Long, Sam Long took it out, Lionel was down there in fourth, um, but Trevor Foley, who we interviewed not that long ago, man, if that dude could swim, he is going to be amazingly competitive, he's like losing two minutes to Sam Long, um, and Sam Long, two and a half minutes, we know Sam Long's not a great swimmer, uh, and he's losing nearly two minutes to Lionel Sanders as well. But he had the fastest spike split and he had the second fastest um, run split. So watch out. If he can swim, he is going to be a weapon. Okay, let's go into our... Now, I want to say thank you to our patrons, but someone I want to give a bit of love to here. So um, we've got Joe, Joe Spriggins, Aragon. Um, he has been a patron of ours for a long time. Mm-hmm. And um, he's someone I'm a Facebook friend of his, so I don't really know him. He looks like a lovely... Like, he looks like he's a... A really happy man. Him and his partner, mm-hmm. they're really involved in their community, um, you know, just really great. But he's gone downhill really bad. And, um, like, if you watch his Facebook post, he's really struggling. Just chronic fatigue. Yeah. And does it come from COVID? Uh, don't know. But it's been, like, 18 months. Mm. And and he's been really honest and he's quite revealing in, in the experience he's going through. And, um, like, imagine if you couldn't exercise, John. Mm. 
Well, his is way beyond that. He can't even get out of bed. You know, and so, mate, we're just sitting there, love your way, mate. And, and um, we know, you know, through what I'm watching on your Facebook, um, obviously it's very tough. Um, and I know you've got a good attitude, but we just, you know, we're just giving out our love your way, mate, because for 18 months, mm. jeepers creepers, you know, so just, just feeling for you, mate. And we're just giving our love your way and, and fingers crossed you're heading in the right direction soon and can get back to that life, you know. And look, look, one thing that's great about Joe, like he's, as John's saying, hardly get out of bed. He still goes and helps out at the local um, park, park run every week, mm. you know, so you're, you're, you're obviously... An awesome person, mate, and so we really wish you the best, mate. So Joe, he's one of our patrons. Uh, Philip, the black jacket killer coat. Tom, Commando Pio, but how do you say that last name, John? Solbri. That's a great Solbri. Solbri? Yeah. Okay, if you want to become a patron, go to www.iamtalk.me, and that way you can you know, support the boys and what we do each week. Uh, if you want to get show emailed to you at the same place, um, if you want to get some coaching or Epic Camp, Coach John Newsom or EpicCamp.com, and for anything I do, Bevan James Isles at uh, if you want to email us anything, I am talkpodcast at gmail.com. John, what you got? Well, you missed the most important part of this week's show, John Somerset. Oh, I'm gutted. I missed it. Yeah. Mm. This morning we, we kicked off with a, with a 600, doing 100 freestyle, 25, no, 50 kick, 50 drill. And then our main set was three times through doing 400 steady and then four 100s. Uh, and the four 100s were getting progressively faster. So the first set was four 100s moderately hard. Second set was hard and third set was very hard. So it was like 400, four 100s, 400, four 100s, 400, four 100s. Uh, then we did 100 easy IM and then 800 pull, breathing to both sides. So doing some three-stroke and five-stroke breathing and then 100 warm down it was 4K and it was a toughie. Uh, Bevan, that was my morning this morning. And what's, your goss? what's my goss? I said earlier, going to, going to a conveniently organised uh, weekend away f- to Hamner. We were using up our last of our sort of COVID credit, you know, travel stuff, and it just kind of had to be used did up. You have a, did you have a hotel there? Uh, we're just saying, it. yeah, they did have a place there from this website we used, and I just thought, we're like, oh, we've got to spend it, we've got to spend it. So we just thought, we'll take the family to, take the family up to, uh, to Hamner because we're about to ditch them for three weeks when we go to, go to Europe. Oh, of course. Uh, so we thought we'd do that, and then I biked up, and I was thinking... Oh, let's see if I can push this. I didn't actually go down this path. I thought it'd be quite good to bike home as well. It can oh, be a really John. good weekend. Pick your battles, mate. Well, I didn't even go into battle on this one because I thankfully realised that Sunday is Mother's Day. Oh, <laughs> and so I yes. backed out of that one pretty quickly. So I'll bike up on Friday. Uh, that's not going to affect anybody. What do you do on Saturday? Beyond, uh, we're going to probably walk up Mount Isabel. We've never done that before. Oh, that's a great walk. John and I did last time with we you. So that'll be sort of about maybe a four hour, four to five hour walk, maybe something oh, like that. Depending, that on, depending on where you start from. Yeah. Uh, and outside of that, Bevan. Um, oh, yes. Yeah, so yesterday, I got a new Wi Fi system installed. Nice. And so oh, so my, you've got. Okay, wait a second. So you, the kids are in trouble. Yeah. So Hayden Beta, he came yep. over and I'd bought the unit and it's got like three stations. So it's a booster as well. Yeah, as a system. it has got a booster as well. And yeah. uh, so we set that up and it's got this app and I can just shut anybody down whenever <laughs> I want to. Surely so, you didn't even surely you didn't even jokingly do it with Belinda. No, no, I yeah. did not do that. Yeah, uh, you got, got some wisdom. And so it's great because you can go on and A, you've got profiles for each family member. and then So you, does it give them an, like their own IP or something, does it? No, then you can assign their devices to that person. Ah. 
And so, you know, last night I had it turned off from 7.30 p.m. Like that's when it turns off. And there was like fireworks. And then... <laughs> so what happened? Initially, I also accidentally... Did they know it was going off at 7.30? Yep. Yeah, yeah, they were not happy. And then I accidentally didn't have the settings right and they couldn't use Snapchat and things like that. They're just going mental. It's great. And then I, and then Tom was annoying me. I just hit block and blocked his phone and he lost it. So if any parents are struggling out there, it's gold. So what happens, okay, so 7.30 comes around, you, you block it off, they know it's coming. Yeah. And what happens after that moment? They can't get onto the internet. No, but what happens? Oh, they got to bugger off. Oh, really? There's going to be some negotiation. I'm starting at a hard point and I've got somewhere to go with it. So it might get pushed out to eight. But the other thing for the mornings, it's going to be great. Like it won't turn on until 7.30 or whatever time. So yep. then you've got to get your shit ready, get ready for school. So you turn off good. all devices other than your computer? Uh, or just turn off the kids' stuff, yeah. But if, I, if, 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 they want, if they go, oh, I'm going to get around dad, I'm going to go on the iPad, I'll just go block. <laughs> and it's all on the phone. It's great. I've had one, uh, it, it cost, uh, I think it was 450 bucks to yep. get this little set up. I'm like, I've had my payback already. <laughs> I think it get thrown in the bin. I've almost had my entertainment. It'll be interesting to watch. So what's the frustration? There's too much time on it? Yeah, and you get no engagement. All parents say the same thing. Yeah. And I was talking to my brother, he's down from Tauranga, and, uh, and he says, you, know, when you get the kids off their devices, they're just so much more engaging and nice people. And so we're just going to have some shutdown periods. It's going to be great. What about like if they play games that don't need the internet? Or is it all yeah, just social yeah, media? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of okay with that. Yeah. Yeah, to a degree. Social media is a really fascinating one, isn't it? Mm. Mm. Different, totally get I'm not that much of a boomer that the kids don't watch TV. No. Like, I get it. We were on our phones. You yeah. know, when we were younger, we'd be on the bloody phone to friends all yeah. afternoon yeah. and stuff like that. So I get things have changed, but there's a line. And the line's been crossed and we're not tolerating it. <laughs> So that's Judge, uh, Judge that's good. What about you, Bevan? Other than what? your knee, you got any uh, anything else happening? Cheapest creepers, John. I really don't at the moment. It just kind of just love sticking over. We, we, Joe, we, my my mum retired last week. Right. Okay. I'm like, can you wait to retire? Be great. Oh, you don't want to retire and do nothing. Oh but, no, no. But like, just have enough money, not yeah, just never work. It'd be nice to be doing sort of fifteen hours or something a week. What would be your perfect day? Um, you know, like you you got all the money in the bank you need. You know, nothing extravagant, but you just, you know, what, what would your day look like? Be able to like read a, get, you know, go do some exercise, sit down, read a newspaper. Obviously, it might end up being online. Yeah. Um, spend a bit more time food prep and stuff like that. Oh, you yeah. know, having, having really good, well, we, we, we have good meals, but, you know, just having a bit more time for that. Probably Make it more of a pleasurable experience making the food and stuff. Mm. Yep. Uh, and what else? Some, some more exercise stuff and just do some work that I enjoy doing you know like I probably my most enjoyable work is camp organisation and event organisation yep. so just doing some stuff like that just some planning stuff uh, and then maybe a bit more exercise at the end of the day not three times a day two times a day would be enough uh, and then just a bit of time with the old uh, ball and chain <laughs> <laughs> go, for a, go for a walk go for a walk or something like that <laughs> bit of yoga we go, we, we don't both, play this bit to it yeah we enjoy going and doing strength sessions and yoga sessions and stuff like that. It's probably those things that, yeah, yoga, strength work, enjoy that. I think my perfect day would be two hours of exercise in the morning. Mm -hmm. I'd just get done in the morning. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't split it. I'd be mm -hmm. like, get up, go to the gym, do some running, do you know, do two hours. I, I don't want to be like, I don't want to do like Ironman stuff anymore. Mm -hmm. um, maybe maybe occasionally do like a three-hour bike ride, but nothing too mm -hmm. madness. Um, I play my piano for about an hour to two hours a day. Mm -hmm. 
then I'd have a project, mm. you know, like a project I spend three hours on, mm-hmm. and it'd be something that's making people's lives better. Um, and then it'd be a bit of connection time. So it'd be either friends, Joe, or family. Mm. Like, really, that's it, eh? Mm. Like, it's funny how you, you, you think about the things you chase in life. And definitely doing do more travel as well. Oh, yeah, big time. Mm. Big time. Because mm. that's, that's where I was going, because um, we haven't traveled, we've been to Australia, but we haven't done the big three-week trip mm. in years because of COVID. Mm. And we, that's what, we, we did that every year back mm. in the day. And uh, we're booked to go to Bali for three weeks in July. Mm. Actually, when are you away? Uh, June. We're going to have to really coordinate that because mm. I'll be away, you'll be away. But mm. anyway, um, but my mum retired last week and mum's done a really good retirement strategy because she kind of went back to three days and so on. And so mm. she's kind of already built the next life. But, but she basically retires and then gets on a plane to go to Bali for a month. Mm. And I tell you what, Joe wants to ring mum every day because Joe's ready to go to Bali. Right. And we're going in nine weeks and I was in bed for last night. I was like, babe, you can't be thinking about it because she's so too, too big a build-up. You can't, she's got a big build-up coming and it's yeah. like, and time does fly. Like you blink and it's here, but at the same time, yeah, no, she can't. So, mm. yeah. So, yeah. It's really when you think about your, fav- your day you want to live. Mm. Haven't done a lot of thinking about it, but yeah. Probably should do something with the kids as well, I suppose. They'll well, be, that's they'll the be gone by then. Yeah. One thing I'm not very good. I'm a very social soul mm-hmm. and I'm very socially skilled. Um, but often my life is filled with social moments where I'm the leader or mm. I'm, the, I'm the guider. So like, mm. you know, my social cup gets filled by, um, you know, teaching classes at the gym or with my runners. And, mm. and I've got a, a small group of friends who I make a commitment with on the weekend. Mm. But actually social skills or committing time to social is something I'm not very good at mm-hmm. because I get it so fulfilled through my career. Mm. And, and I kind of think that it's one, you know, like I don't just go out and catch up with a mate for coffee that often, mm. you know, and, or I don't have a group of guys I hang out with, mm-hmm. you know, like a lot of men will have them, their boys. Um, and yeah. I don't really have that. And, and in some ways, it's something I need to bring back into my life mm-hmm. um, because it's always valuable. Like one thing I've started to do more often is porno and the boys have a quiz night every mm-hmm. once a month. And I used to say, oh, you're coming. I never went. And I've just mm-hmm. made a commitment to go. And I always love it. It's always fun. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, it's definitely, actually, okay, here's something I'm doing. Oh, you would have liked this. Mm-hmm. We should have asked you. The Dark Destroyer from the Chasers coming to Christchurch. <laughs> really? Yeah. And, and the quiz team's going against them. Oh, wow. Yeah, so what it is, is so if you don't know Chase, Chase is like the best quiz show in the world. And um, and so he's doing a, basically what happened was, he's coming to Christchurch, you have to have eight people in the team. It's not cheap, it's 110 a head. Yeah. But basically you get your quiz team. So our quiz team, who our quiz team is pretty good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm the weakest link. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You'll get a few sport questions. Oh, no, but we've got Claire Norton, who was one reporter for right. TVNZ, TVNZ. But it doesn't matter. Like it's, all, it's more about having fun. I had a couple in. Um, but we've got like Porno. Porno's a genius. Mm. Porno's just like, Porno's just one of those guys who's just a genius at everything. And then we've got Wall, who's really good. And then we've got a, um, a guy who studied like classic Leighton and Blair's really good. <laughs> so we've got a really good, we've got a really good team. And, and we basically, we always get top three. Yeah. You know, occasionally we get fourth, but we always get top three in, in, within that three. Um, so you go along. Um, now, I imagine the quiz teams are going to be pretty sharp. Yeah. Because the Dark Story, everyone wants to beat them. Mm. And I think Porno was telling me what happens is you do six rounds and then the top team goes against him. Right. So he might be participating. He'll probably do some stuff as well. Yeah. But yeah, and it's going to be in about three weeks from now. Oh, wow. What have you been keen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. well, if you can be our ringer if someone pulls out. Yeah, that no, sounds good. Yeah. Big cool experience. Who's your favourite? Uh, who's your favourite chaser? I think the the, the Duchess. What, 
Um, and whatever her name is. And Higgity. Yeah, mm. yeah. She's the best. Mm. She just, she's, like her and the, her and, well, the, the news, the Irish guy's pretty good as well. Yeah, I reckon he's the weakest. <laughs> oh, no, no. Well, statistically, because you, you go online. And, and Higgity's the best. And, and the Duck Destroyer's the weakest. Yeah. How's yeah, he? yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Probably why he's coming to Christchurch, making a bit of extra coin off you suckers. Well, no, because it's a fundraiser. I wonder if he's getting paid. It must oh, be right. something. Big gift or something. Yeah. But yeah. But yeah, so, mate, so I'll be, pre- I'll be practicing quizzing in the next couple of weeks. Very good. Anyway, let's wrap it up. I'm Russ. I'm in Train hard. Train smart. Kick, Kick up. up.